Getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done, but don't worry because our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to help you unwind and sleep harder than all-star voters slept on BAM at a bio. Sleep PM bath salts for you superior CBD and melatonin with a mixture of Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bathtub into a luxury spa experience and give you the relaxation you desperately deserve. And to make it even easier to relax, regroup, and recharge, they're offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBD. CBDMD.com, promo code MBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Wednesday. Sorry the show's out a little late, some technical issues with the internet on my end, but I wanted to at least get something out for you guys today. So we're going to do this show a little bit differently, then kind of get back into our normal routine tomorrow. But there's some topics I want to hit on. I do want to touch on the article over at ESPN about the kind of being like a a tipping point when it comes to three-pointers in the NBA. We'll take a quick look at that to start today's show because I think that's really one of the more interesting ones. The Athletic did a redraft of the 2019 draft, maybe a little bit too early for that, but how did the Pelicans' three first-round picks from that draft fare? Does Zion still go number one over John Morant? And then we do need to talk a little bit about the Myers Leonard situation and the incident he had on Twitch playing Call of Duty yesterday using an anti-Semitic slur. And I want to touch on that as well as it relates to the larger picture of the NBA in these kind of situations that the NBA is going to really need to start taking a proactive stance on and addressing. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So you definitely need to check out ESPN. I believe it's one of their ESPN Plus articles talking about the proliferation of three-point shooting in the league. We know three-point shots in vogue, right? And that it's kind of taken over the league, and you've really seen this over the past 10 years or so, a shift from what the league was before to this, and it's just kind of a natural evolution of the game. And they have a couple of interesting things in there on why this is the case, why it's a more efficient shot, mainly being that, you know what, a three-point shot is worth 50% more than a two-point shot, but isn't 50% harder, which is kind of weird to think about, right? It should be more difficult, but how guys are training, how guys are so good at shooting... You know, it's it's not that much more difficult. Guys regularly splash shots from 40 feet now and make them. And it's no big deal. And you saw it in the All-Star game, right? It wasn't really a dunk contest. It was as Gus Kattengill of ESPN Radio, I was listening to you, Gus, the other day, said it on there a... Instead of a dunk fest, a jack fest, which I don't know if that's the best best word use for it, but I get what you're saying. They were just launching threes. That's what kind of the game was. That's where the NBA is headed. Is it a problem, though? And I go back and forth on this. At times, I'm like, yeah, it it kind of is. And the reason it is, is the game comes down to who shoots better from three, who's making more threes. It's really that simple. It's less about getting inside scoring. It's less about mid-range. It's less about interesting actions and fun offense and more. Launch some threes. And if you make them, you're going to win the game. Most, Most of the time. Because the Pelicans did beat the Utah Jazz while only making seven. So it's not entirely the case, but by and large, it's like 95% kind of how it goes right now. And with so many teams shooting threes and everyone's doing it, let's not pretend, there is 
a homogenization of the game. All games kind of look the same, right? All teams kind of feel the same to some degree. When you look at every team's shot chart, while they might not be identical, you're largely going to have a horseshoe kind of in that mid-range spot, right? Lots of shots taken around the perimeter of the three-point line, a lot of shots in the paint and at the restricted area, but not, not a ton else. Is that as fun to watch? And I hear a lot of people scream about ratings, right? Why have the ratings in the NBA dropped? And some of the stuff I buy into, some I definitely do not. This, I I, I kind of buy into. I think there's some credence that maybe people don't watch just because it's a three-point shooting league and that's less exciting. A made three-pointer is less exciting than a dunk. I think that's kind of, I think most people would agree on that. So what does the NBA do about it? And they have a couple solutions in that ESPN Plus article that I don't like at all. It was maybe they limit teams to only being allowed to take 33-point shots total. Not make 30, but take 30 total. I think that's that's bad, and I don't think that's the problem we have here in the NBA just yet. So when I look at a lot of those, those solutions don't seem really viable. So I don't really know what the answer is other than maybe adjusting the point value and threes are worth now two and a half points or something like that instead of three. A little bit... Interesting on how you could go with that, but that also creates a whole other can of worms and problems and things like that, records and stuff, you know, how that impacts all of that. And it's a weird thing to try and think about and comprehend and try and figure out what the solution is. But, you know, I'm a big racing guy. I like Formula One a lot. And the formula, which is, you know, the the blueprint more or less of the makeup of the cars, changes every couple of years to keep the sport fresh, to keep it interesting, to kind of keep it evolving. And maybe the NBA does need to try and add some of that in there to keep the game feeling a little bit more fresh, to stop it from kind of homogenizing and becoming the same thing every single night, which it, it kind of is. And I get that because I do think this does have an impact on the ratings. But I'm curious, how would you, is it one, do you think this is a problem? And two, what do you think some of the solutions could be if you do think it is a problem? Or what should the NBA do? I'm curious to hear from a lot of people on this because I don't really have an answer to this one. So I'm curious how you would solve or if you even think the three-point shot is a problem for the NBA. So we'll get into the 2019 redraft. And does Zion still go number one? But before we do that, this episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line in the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done on onla- online. You don't need to leave your home. BlueChew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription, and if you don't like swallowing pills, there's no problem here. here. BlueChew's uh, Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. And Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they prepare and ship discreet, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from a little bit of extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. On the Locked On Today podcast, there was a lot of player movement in the NFL on Tuesday. Who are the winners? Who are the losers? Get more of the sports news you need in less time at the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. 
So over at The Athletic, which I always recommend subscribing to, also friend of the show, Will Guillory provides excellent Pelicans coverage there, and they've got some of the most unique names in the industry working for him. John Hollinger of ESPN, formerly of ESPN, creator of the PER metric, worked in the front office for the Memphis Grizzlies too, and now they're at The Athletic, as well as podcasting on the Locked On Podcast Network, I should say. He's kind of a colleague of mine now, which is pretty cool. Did a redraft of the 2019 draft class. Some of these, I, I thought this was kind of interesting looking at. You know, these guys have been in the league for a year and a half, so it's not really a ton of time to try and make sweeping judgments on. It's probably too short, but you can kind of get an idea of some of the trajectories for some of these players. We know Zion's going to be good. You're either going to redraft him one or two. Depends on if you just like John Morant's overall body of work, which is just a little bit longer than Zion's, or you think Zion's a better prospect. It's 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 Zion. That's who they have, which is good. Um, and that's who the correct one is. I wouldn't hate it if you put in John Morant there, but you're wrong if you're putting John Morant in. Um, the most interesting thing he said is Williamson's ability to stay on the court represents some concern. Just some concern, not major concern now, right? Like that was the big thing. Is he going to stay healthy? Can his body hold up? This year, he's really seemingly answered a lot of that. There's not really much of a concern about that. And part of it is also you've seen his play and it's so damn good down low underneath the basket in contrast to what we just talked about in the first segment you're not even worried that much about the injury stuff I think that's really great it's like a shifting of the narrative around him which is exactly what we wanted to see in here for the rest of the Pelicans group where do they do him so he redrafted everyone so it's it's Zion first John Morant second RJ Barrett third so those three went in order I'm not going to spoil the rest of it you should go read it but what about Nikhil Alexander Walker who was picked 17th would you put him above 17 or below 17 when it comes to some of these other guys in the draft? You know, when you look at some of this draft class and how it's kind of how it went really after the top 10, it's not great. You know, you have Tyler Kira, who pretty much everyone missed on. You have Brandon Clark, who kind of everyone missed on too. And I was pretty high on Brandon Clark. But that's really kind of it. Like, those are the guys for the most part that, you know, around Nikhil's range, you're like, wait a second, did the Pels miss there? Well, he puts Nikhil Alexander-Walker at 10th ahead of guys like Kobe White, Darius Garland, and Cam Reddish. I thought that's kind of interesting. Again, ahead of Lou Dort, who went undrafted. Dort is, I think, a pretty good player overall. So to see him be that high on Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and look, I'd have Dort probably higher. I'd probably have Kobe White higher too. Maybe not Darius Garland. But he does seem to be pretty high on Nikhil Alexander-Walker, but very clearly, even at 10, puts him in kind of a third tier of player in this draft. So even though he's redrafting him at 10 instead of 17, it's not like, oh, this guy was clearly underrated and he's outperformed where he drafted. It more has to do with the rest of that draft class. And I don't think it's necessarily wrong. Nikhil has shown some flashes. Maybe he's a rotation guy. I don't know if he's a starter. There's some very uh, real limitations to his game. But overall, you know, he's not the worst pick in this draft class. Which, you know what? For a lot of people who are out or unsure about David Griffin, at least in terms of putting a product out there on the court, and I'm one of those people, right? Like, you know, you had three draft picks. You've got one solid guy, but we all could have drafted Zion Williamson, so I'm not going to give him a ton of credit for that. You know, Nikhil, Jackson Hayes, and we'll get to Hayes in a second here. That's kind of where you judge him on, and it's been a bit of a mixed bag. But the fact that others are still pretty high on Nikhil Alexander-Walker at least represents something good from this. 
Then when he gets down to after he he makes 20 picks, then kind of 23, there's three more guys that maybe could kind of get into that thing. But there's a section of not making the cut. And one of the names that jumps out there at you is Jackson Hayes. It says he's got the great dunk highlight reel, but just no idea how to play, uh, particularly on defense, and doesn't appear to be making much progress on that front. These questions were there on draft day, but his tantalizing athleticism led to him being a lottery pick despite inconsistent production. It's not wrong. I haven't been too high on Jackson Hayes. He's a project, you know, and it looks like a project with a longer timeline than maybe we were hoping for, and that might be the biggest indictment of what happened in that draft night with David Griffin of going for that guy which maybe was a reach but the biggest ceiling this is where the guys with the highest ceiling and Jackson Hayes probably still has one is not necessarily always the move because if they don't reach that it's a bit of a wasted pick eight maybe you can afford to waste that draft pick but there's other quality guys there that maybe you want to get that could be playing and could be impacting the roster more. And it's not like you need another star necessarily next to Zion or BI. You need good, competent basketball players. And unfortunately, despite some flashes here and there, Jackson Hayes has not been that. So that draft from 2019, still a bit of a mixed bag for New Orleans. It doesn't look like it was a slam dunk, amazing draft, but it also doesn't look like it's the worst because of them being still high on Nikhil Alexander-Walker and there being some talent there. So it's still kind of juries out on this. Not looking great for David Griffin, not looking horrible for David Griffin either. Time will tell as it does with these things. Trying to kind of do a redraft a year and a half in I think is a little bit silly, but worth the exercise just kind of see to, to see where some of these guys are trending. At least we're seeing Nikhil Alexander-Walker kind of trending in a more positive direction than negative direction in terms of national media. So let's talk Myers Leonard coming up, and this is a tough one to talk about, and we'll get into why, but it's definitely something that needs to be brought up, and it's something the NBA is going to really, really have to address, not just with this specific situation and the anti-Semitism that came from it, but other situations as well. So we'll go into that here in just a moment. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market now for a while. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, amazing tasting protein bar that's covered in 100% real chocolate on all of the bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best because it is Built Bar Madness. Yes, they are doing a bracket style March Madness tournament to determine the best tasting protein bar. We already mentioned the Churro Puff yesterday, which would have been my vote, and I can't wait to buy a box of that soon today this one's i think pretty simple it's peanut butter versus orange and i'm picking peanut butter i like the fruit flavors but peanut butter really i mean it's just as big of a staple as you can get as well as banana nut bread versus toffee almond i don't really like bananas so i'm voting toffee almond and if you want to get in on this one too and help vote for your favorite bar go check out builtbar.com or follow them on twitter it's at built underscore bar remember to use the promo code locked on 20 to get 20 percent off your next order that's locked on 20 to get 20 percent off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchups and who will become the best tasting protein bar 
Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On. Free money you already want to bet bet online your online sportsbook experts March Madness is only a few weeks away, but the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on this year's draft analysis by subscribing to the GOAT Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford has released his Big Board 2.0 with profiles of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to the Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so wrapping up today's show, I talked about this on Locked on NBA, and I think it's such a big enough story around the NBA that it's worth talking about here. And these type of conversations are not very easy. And so let's just dive into it. Myers Leonard on a Call of Duty stream on Twitch said an anti-Semitic slur. You've probably seen or heard this by now because it was kind of all over the place yesterday. He put out a statement. The Heat put out a statement. He's already been out for the season. It's not like he's a very good player. Uh, in particular, and it's likely that he's not going to be coming back to the Heat next year. And this, you know, he he was kind of already on his way out of the league to some degree, to some degree. This is probably just going to hasten that. It's not like it's a star player or anything that had an incident like this. And when you watch the video about when this happened, it's the way he kind of says the slur. So, Easily and forcefully that it makes this a little bit rough. And look, I'm half Jewish. It's I wasn't really raised as such, but it's still somewhat of a part of my identity. So I hear this and it's infuriating as it should be infuriating to everyone as you know, whenever there's an incident like this, when there is some denigration of people directed towards another, it should infuriate you no matter what. But this one hits a little bit closer to home for me. And it's partially why we're talking about it here on today's show. So when he's doing this, he gets killed across the map by a sniper I guess and he go he he starts to say something he pauses briefly and you can see him go through his mind of what word does he want to use what word can he use in this that he maybe thinks he can get away with or what word does he want to use to insult or denigrate the person that killed him that's what he's trying to do right he's trying to knock this person down verbally I think and he ends up settling on this and says it very forcefully And the whole incident blew up and he released a statement saying like, oh, I'm sorry for this. I did not know what this word means. And now that I understand, I see how horrific this was and how awful this was and that it is a slur. Bullshit, 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 bullshit is kind of what that is. You don't, people don't tend to use words that you don't know unless you're 10, 12, 13, maybe. And you don't say this word because it's not something that most people really hear. This is not a word that you hear very commonplace, but it's definitely a slur and it's very anti-Semitic and has a lot of connotations with that. You know, even if you take him at his word that he didn't know what this slur meant, you still tried to say something very negatively towards another person to use a word that's hateful towards another person. And this was just the one you settled on. So even if you don't know specifically what this meant, You were trying to say something bad, as he very clearly was on this stream, for the situation for his him getting killed in the game. It's still not a good look. You know, he just happened to pick this one out of all the other ones, even if he doesn't know what this meant. But he knew that it's a slur. He knew that it's a very negative thing to say, and he chose to do that. So when I look at his apology, 
I don't really buy it. Even if he didn't know what this word meant, I don't know. But he said it so forcefully that he's clearly, you can tell when people you've used this word before. And if you've used a slur a ton before, you probably at some point might have looked up what it meant. So I have a tough time believing it. So anyway, he's going to have some serious repercussions from the league. His career might be over because of this, more because he's not a good player, not because this is the most egregious offense that you could have. But we've seen incidents like this, right? We've seen black players say negative things towards white players, which is not a good thing to do. We've seen it the other way around where the racism goes from white to black as well. The NBA needs to try and cut all of this out of the game. And hold their players to a higher standard, whether it's anti-Semitism, whether it's racism, whether it's whatever. There's no room for players to be doing this, even on their own time. And there are going to be significant repercussions from this. You know, it's not cancel culture when society is just deemed you're not allowed to talk to others like this anymore. And that's what's going to you'll see some of that come out. He's going to definitely kind of pivot, I think, towards that right wing side of things. And it's fine if he wants to do that to kind of stay relevant, keep making money. You see a lot of people do it. But it's not cancer culture when everyone kind of collectively is like, you know what? Don't do this stuff anymore because it's awful. It's demeaning. And there's no need for it. And there wasn't anything with this. So hated to see what what happened with Myers Leonard. And I really hope the NBA finds the right punishment that discourages this type of behavior from others in the future in any sort of situation, because it is something that does happen in the NBA. And it's going to keep happening until there are significant consequences for it. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans today. Again, sorry that it came out a little bit late. I appreciate you all taking the time to listen. Looking forward to there being games tomorrow. The Pelicans back in action at back-to-back on Thursday and Friday. We'll preview tomorrow night's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. We need some revenge in that one, that is for sure. So as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.